Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Cracked fans to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. We have another episode today from our recently launched Project Elite program, our attempt here at Cracked Rackets to help college tennis athletes across the country make the most of the recently announced NIL ruling. Joining us on the show today is our newest Crack Rackets athlete, a rising sophomore out of the University of Illinois, one of the top men's freshmen in the country in 2021. Of course, I'm talking about Hunter Heck, who joins the show today to discuss his first year playing college tennis, to discuss what was such a fantastic 2021 season for the Illinois men's tennis program. We talked to Hunter about what it means to be able to give back to the Champaign community through this NIL-related program, what it means to him to have so many committed boosters and fans uh, within Champaign supporting his team. Of course, we also talk about his time in college tennis, going from Boys 12's Easter Bowl champion to standout freshman at the University of Illinois. We talk about how his team plans on building on their 2021 success here in the next season. It's a fantastic conversation. I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. Of course, if you are interested in learning more about Project Elite, go to the website project-elite.com. Again, that's project-elite, the symbol, not the spelling.com. If you are interested in becoming a donor for an athlete, you can contact us there. If you are an athlete interested in joining the Crack Rackets team, you can contact us there as well. Learn more about the project. Hear from our other Crack Rackets athletes, Kwesi Kenyatta, Ohio State's Cannon Kingsley, and Isabel Boulay as well. We are really excited to get this off the ground. We are really excited for the content we are planning over the next season here as part of this program. Again, if you've missed any of it, project-elite.com. With that said, let's get to today's conversation with Illinois Rising sophomore Hunter Heck. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Joining us on the show here today, one of our newest members at Crack Rackets as part of our Project Elite. You may know him as the 2015 Boys 12's Easter Bowl champion, one of the standout freshmen in college tennis during the 2021 season, a rising sophomore at the University of Illinois. Welcome to the show, Hunter Hack. Hunter, how are you doing today? 
Uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me on here. Oh, of course. It is my pleasure to have you. I have to say, listeners know, I got to commentate every home match this season for Illinois men's tennis. One of my favorite moments of the season was not an on-court moment, but an off-court moment. And we're just going to get right into it because I was there doing a little media day session before one of the matches we were recording outside where you guys were hanging out. Hunter Heck walks out of, I don't know if it's, the, it wasn't the locker room, it was wherever you guys were eating lunch, whatever. And first thing Alex Brown does when he comes up the stairs, open field tackles you into a couch. Now, if that doesn't epitomize how close your team was this season, I don't know what will. I want to start there just because it seemed like you, perhaps as much as any player in the country, just enjoyed your first season of college tennis. I'm curious if you think that's an accurate assessment, and what was it about college tennis that just seemed to captivate you right away? Oh, yeah. It was my, – my first year was amazing. Like, uh, one, of, one of the main reasons why I came to Illinois was just, like, the camaraderie and uh, the, the team just seemed like everyone was so close. And I came, I immediately fit in, and it was the, – the, my teammates made the experience just so much more enjoyable. Obviously, we had a lot of success and everything – but uh, just being part of such a like close team was one of the best moments. When you saw AB come up the stairwell, did you think to yourself, "Oh man, I'm about to get tackled"? Oh yeah, I, I knew. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely knew it was happening. But I, I just let it happen. He does it so much, but it's, it, yeah. it's fun. That feels like his move. He serves, he volleys, he tackles. That's what I yeah. learned about Alex Brown here oh, oh yeah. uh, this season. But, of course, you alluded to it. You were part of a 2021 Illinois men's tennis team that won the Big Ten tournament. Obviously, you played a big role in your comeback against J.J. Tracy. You guys make round of 16 at the NCAA tournament as well. I want to talk about all of that, but I think the place I have to start is the fact that you are a new Crack Rackets athlete as part of our Project Elite. That, of course, comes as part of the NIL-related opportunities now made available to student-athletes across the country. Uh, I'm curious what that means to you, coming to the University of Illinois from Minnesota to now have the opportunity not just to be a student-athlete at one of the elite programs in the country, but to be able to treat it like the full-time job that it really is what, you know, what has your reaction been to all of this NIL-related discussion? Um, I think it's it's great for all student-athletes around, like, uh, being able to represent, like, brands and everything, stuff like that, companies. Uh, I'm still very new. I, I haven't done much, like, research or learned too much about it, but I, I, I just think it's great for, for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, I've I asked all of our new Project Elite uh, athletes this, is being a student athlete truly a full-time job? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're waking up early for morning practice or lift, and then you're pretty much busy throughout the rest of the day with classes, practices, and everything that comes with being a student athlete. Mm-hmm. And I know your first year happened during, obviously, a COVID-related season. There were a bunch of protocols put in place to ensure the safety and health for everyone. <clears throat> but, you know, were you a guy who stayed on campus this summer? Because I know that's part of the equation, too, is it's just, especially at the top-level programs, look, if you want to come back and compete at the highest levels, if you want your team to continue to stay at the top, you have to be training all summer long. I know this was after your freshman season. Did you have the chance to go home, or were you at Cham- uh, in Champaign all summer long? I did have the chance to go home. I was home for two to three weeks. Mm -hmm. I just saw friends, family, and hung out. But after that, I was back on campus for the rest of the summer pretty much. So I I was home for two, three weeks, and then the entire rest of the summer I was here in Champaign just Mm -hmm. training. 
do you again is that what you prefer to be doing if you're being honest like or did you want to be home or is it you know do you feel obliged to be on campus training or is it just like look i want to be better that's the place to do it no definitely being here was great for the summer because i obviously most of my teammates were here it was really good training it was nice to go home but i I would rather be here and just improving yeah, no doubt about that. And I'm sure some of that has to do with the facilities offered. I got to spend a lot of time at the Atkins Tennis Center. I'm sure that is a home base for you now as well, the home of Illinois men's tennis. And look, I mean, no one, you know, when Brad Dancer gets his arm around your shoulder, you're sold. You're just like, all right, I'm going to do whatever you say, coach. But the facilities, the accommodations, everything that comes with part of that Illinois men's tennis program. And I, you know, I don't want to make this a free advertisement for Illinois, but, you know, that said, I know how, you know, the class that they treat you athletes with. What has that experience been like for you from your first season? And just, you know, offer us a little bit behind the looks. What is it like when you get to train at a Division I program? Um, It's it's amazing. They provide you pretty much anything you could need. When you're lifting, you get, like, protein shakes and everything. Uh, Like, obviously, the Atkins facility is – it's amazing like the, the indoor courts we're just getting them resurfaced so it's going to be even nicer um and then just like basically anything that you could need during the practice times and even outside of practice times you have access to that and that's really just great mm-hmm. no doubt about that i i can imagine for you coming from minnesota is it Im- improvement from the facilities you grew up training at again you get the world-class lifting facilities um yeah de- definitely an improvement i was uh, a, lot, a lot of my training in Minnesota took place at Baseline Tennis Center, sure. which was still pretty nice, but d- definitely nowhere near Atkins. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine what that's like. And again, uh, to, to have facilities like that, it takes a community. And part of this NIL-related uh, decision means that that community at Illinois is going to make, make it even more clear their love for student-athletes. And I mean, not just at Illinois, everywhere across the country, but in, in Champaign specifically. How much is the buy-in from members of the community? I know there were only limited opportunities for fans this season, but it felt like at the moment the doors opened up for NCAAs, it was a full house. Uh, what has, you know, becoming a part of that Champaign community, their love for tennis uh, at Illinois done for you? Um, I think at Illinois, the whole community that supports tennis is just one of the best. I mean, all the alumni, the boosters, the donors, and just the fans, they're, they're all so, like, passionate and support us so much. And just the, the second that we were able to like have fans at some of our matches. It was just maximum capacity. Like we were each allowed, I think like four or five like fans. And then all of our lists were just filled up immediately. And it was just, it was amazing. Just the support we got. I called your section hunters honeys. I don't know if you want to know that or not because you had a nice little cheery section there for yeah. you, Hunter. But, um, yeah, no, it, it was certainly really, really fun. And then, you know, again, you look uh, at this summer, what can Illinois do for you? What do these top schools have to do to attract the top players? There are three Futures events within a two-hour radius of campus, and obviously you guys were able to hold a Futures event this summer. You guys will have the Champagne Challenger at the end of the year as well. Did you get to play the Illinois circuit? I, I feel like that's a rite of passage, Edwardsville. If you don't go to Decatur, you're not mm-hmm. doing it right. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious, you know, that exposure to pro tennis, what that did to you th- uh, for you this summer. Um, yeah, I definitely – I got to play the Champagne feature and the Decatur one. I was I was home for the Edwardsville one, so I didn't get to play that one. But 
the two uh the two later ones i got to play and it was great just being able to like in the champagne one play at my own facility and everything like that and then decatur which is just like a 40 minute drive it, it, that, that was great too and mm-hmm. just being able to get opportunities to play in those tournaments was just amazing because you wouldn't get that at many other universities. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the level of play? I'm looking now at your results here in both uh, these events. As you mentioned, you got to play uh, mm-hmm. both uh, Decatur and Champaign. You look at what you were able to do. You play qualifying. You lose to Rinky. Obviously, that's a fellow uh, college tennis player, but a guy who has had success on the pro circuit. You play main draw in Champaign, three-set loss for you, but you get to go three sets. Oh, I, I didn't realize there were two Champaigns. I forgot you play Pond with in the yeah, other yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, again, to see that level, I know Nate and Rinky are two guys who were certainly at the cop, top of college tennis. To get to see that, you know, what did that tell you about where your game is at right now? Um, just those three tournaments in general were just a great, like, learning experience for me. Uh, I had a couple of really good matches. I think the main draw of Champagne, I played a guy who was, like, 300 in the world, which was just an amazing learning experience and just being able to stay with him just really – told me like where, where my level is at and showed me what I need to improve. Mm-hmm. And I say this lovingly, I feel like you're a little tennis chameleon-y in that the better the opponent, the better the hunter hack. The worse the opponent, sometimes not the best hunter hack. Yeah. I'm curious yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah. If, yeah, if you feel that. And again, seeing what it takes to compete with a top 300 player in the world, uh, you know, point in, point out, you go three sets with them. You know, mm-hmm. that's a damn good result. Yeah. What what does that do again from a learning experience? Just to get super specific, is it just a point by point sort of commitment thing? What do you learn there? Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that assessment of the, the tennis <laughs> yeah. Community, yeah. Uh, but just g- going in and competing against a guy like that just really showed me like the focus and the like decision making in like in in the time in the match when it gets in those tight moments. What I really needed to improve on and that that'll just come with some experience. And then obviously I have Brad and Coast who are just great coaches who will help me with that as well. Is it easier or more difficult to play Zeke and AB first round in doubles? Um, Luke, my, my partner, Lucas Horry, and I, we were really looking forward to that match. We played <laughs> them so much in practice. And when we saw the draw, we were, we were really looking forward to it. So I'd, I'd say it was probably easier. Yeah. I, you know, you and Lucas are not the biggest team out there, uh, but certainly I, 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 that's an interesting duo. I'm curious because you guys played twice together this summer. Uh, obviously, you get a good win over A, B, and Zeke. You then go three sets in your quarterfinal match, lose a third yep. set breaker, but that's just a third set breaker. Yep. Uh, again, from the holistic perspective, what do you take from, you know, what, what do you see, learn from the pro events that you then implement into training over the next few weeks? Is it that specific or is it just more, again, more match repetitions? Um, Lucas and I, we were a surprise pairing because <laughs> we we played one match during the season, which ended horribly. And then during this like summer swing tournaments here, we we paired up and had some success in a couple like prize money tournaments. But after that, playing like the pro tournaments, it's definitely more just learning like what we need to do as a team, and then implementing that in more just match play situations. Mm-hmm. No, and again, you get those sort of repetitions under your belt here this season. Um, you know, I, I do want to backtrack a little bit. I want to get to 2022 Illinois. I do want to talk more mm-hmm. about the 2021 year as well, but I sort of mentioned it at the top. You know, getting the chance to play pro experience, that is something you project 
for someone who's won the Boys 12's Easter Bowl title. And, you know, this, the most depressing part of this preparation, in 2015, I was finishing my sophomore year of college. <laughs> devastating that you were in the Boys 12's at that point. This is yeah. the oldest I've ever felt <laughs> doing one of these shows. Um, but, you know, again, to win that title at an early age means you have been committed from an early age. Is that a fair assessment? When did tennis become an everyday part of your life? Well, I started playing tennis when I was six or seven years old mm-hmm. when my, my parents just put a rack in my hand and told me to like hit some balls. But <laughs> after that, when I was around, I'd say <clears throat> 10 or 11 is when I decided that I really wanted to start getting a little more serious into tennis because I was playing like just little baseball, soccer but my parents just said, hey, like, you got to make a decision. And I, I chose tennis. And it was really from a young age, I was like, I bought I bought into the sport. Mm-hmm. Now, Minnesota, not the most renowned for its tennis mm-hmm. talent, but the Corwin brothers, you have yourself, you have Gavin Young, you have Bjorn Svensson, future Wolverine. Obviously, that's a mm-hmm. nice group of guys. Yeah. Uh, Do you spend your time training in Minnesota full time? Were you someone who stayed in school or did you go to the warm weather states? Because look, the realistic is if you want to compete at a high level, you got to do that. Um, When I was 13, I ended up moving with my dad to Florida, Boca Mm -hmm. Raton. I trained all over there. I trained Everett Tennis Academy, USTA uh, facilities, and then uh, Rick Mason too. I I was all over there and I stayed there until I was – 18 right before college and then i moved back mm-hmm. what does that commitment look like for you how difficult is that decision to move everything go down to florida live that life it was definitely a tough decision i do remember at the time when my parents told me that they thought it would be a good idea i didn't want to do it mm-hmm. i wanted to stay home like stay with all my friends and just keep the schedule that i knew but after that i moved down met a bunch of new people and it was it was a great experience all in all what is that you know that circuit grind because i wasn't good enough to be at that level but those you know you're seeing the same we'll say 12 to 35 kids week in week out it's in you know arizona for the winter nats and then you're going to mobile and then you're going to kalamazoo and you're seeing or you know before that for the 12s and 14s and you know I, i don't did you still play the midwest close at that point i feel like you probably didn't need to no, I didn't. Yeah, you phased out of that. It makes <laughs> sense. But, um, you know, again, what do you feel like you missed out on anything now getting your first year at college? Or do you feel pretty prepared to make that jump back into, you know, the, the student-athlete life? Um, I don't think I miss anything. I wouldn't say I did. I feel like uh, I was pretty prepared going into college. Uh, I got a little – bit lucky because i was i went to all of high school online so with the covid year and everything being able to do college by my first year online i think that was very helpful helping me adjust but all like i felt pretty prepared Mm -hmm. no then obviously you look at the success you had this season i think that's a testament to that fact and you know you look for you you were a guy who played a bunch of you know the junior events as mentioned you went and played i believe junior itf events as well and i think i don't want to get this number wrong but i was gonna say 119 ish in the itf junior rankings around that range you you've traveled around played orange bowl uh been at that level and you know a lot of players who do that you have considerations i want to be a professional tennis player someday 
day. And, you know, so frequently there had been a stigma. Well, if you want to do that, you probably shouldn't go to college. Mm-hmm. When does the college discussion enter your mind? Um, I think a college going to college is very big in becoming a professional tennis player. Obviously, the ITFs and the national tournaments in USGA can help you prepare. Or, But I think with, like, the recent guys like Kovacevic. Um, and it's good that you couple, named him first. That, that's yeah. kind of, that was the correct <laughs> yeah. answer. Yeah, and a couple other ones. I think I saw a stat like that someone posted yesterday, like 20 of the guys that were in the U.S. Open like were former college players, which I think is like great and great for college tennis. Yeah, we're sure recording that, this the day after Cressy beat PCB in five sets. Yeah, I, yes, I was at the 2018 yeah. NCAAs when Cressy was five singles, and like <laughs> to see him, it's crazy. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I no, agree no, with yeah. you. Uh, that's a, that's a great point, but j- just like I said, it's it just shows how much how important college tennis can be to like really improving and taking that step to pro tennis. Mm-hmm. On the personal note side, outside of the tennis court, were you a little bit burnt out? Were you ready to perhaps enjoy the things that come with being in college? Um, yeah, definitely. It was it was a lot. Just training in Florida every day, and I, I don't want to say burnt out, but I was definitely a little like maybe not as motivated. But after being in college for a little bit, I, I regained that and sort of like settled in. Yeah, no, burnt out, you're right. It's the wrong word. Just more in the mood for a change, like just to change the rhythm, to change the flow. And, you know, again, you were a blue chip recruit, tennis recruiting. Your UTR, I'm sure, was plenty healthy. And I'm sure there were options open to you now. You know, you are from Minnesota. Minnesota's damn good program. You know, I'm sure there was appeal to go there. I'm sure you had a bunch of offers. What did the list like look, uh, look like for you? And ultimately, how do you end up on Illinois? Um, yeah, I had a good amount of, I was talking to a good amount of coaches, Minnesota, Texas, um, OU, I was talking to Wake Forest a little bit, but ultimately after my visit here at Illinois, I just, obviously Brad's a fantastic coach and he was a big factor, but one of the main things that I saw here was just how close the team was, like I said before, and that, that, that was a big factor that I was looking for in a college. So that was probably the main pulling factor in my commitment here do they have you stay with zeke <laughs> no last year uh i had to be in the dorm so i couldn't stay with zeke yeah. but i, I would have loved to yeah no um that's that's interesting no of course i i totally understand that and it's interesting because your visit would that have been in 2019 2020 like before covid I believe 2019 sounds right. Yeah, so... But I'm not exactly sure. It was before COVID. Yeah, no, but you get to, again, see the team. You get to learn the guys. And I'm curious for those who are listening to the podcast at home who are either parents of players about to go through this or perhaps it's a player looking for the right fit for themselves. Any tidbits you'd give from the recruiting process? You say for you it's the camaraderie. You know, A, how important is it to actually visit the school? And then B, you know, what's the most important thing you look for? Is it coaching? Is it players? What is it? Um, Yeah, definitely. I think it's very important to visit the school. If you're thinking of committing to a school, if you're really looking at it, I think a, a visit there is amazing. You get to see the campus, hang out with the team, talk with the coaches. And if you're lucky, like I got to go to a basketball game, which is amazing. And I think 
the mo- for, for me, I look at like the players I'm surrounded by. Are they like really motivated like I am? And like obviously how close they are. And then obviously I think my one advice would be just to ask a lot of questions because you're going to have so many questions while you're there and you might be a little shy, like a little scared, like I was, but you just got to ask so many questions about campus and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And speaking now from the other side, as the player, you'll answer that recruits questions, right? Mm-hmm. You want to yeah. hear questions and interest. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I want them to ask as many questions as they, as they can and just explain to them like, sort of how our life is on campus once you're here. Yeah, absolutely. And part of getting you on our Crack Rackets team, we're excited to explore that part of being a student athlete, share that with all of our listeners throughout the course of the season. All right, now comes the fun stuff. We get to talk about this past year of Illinois men's tennis. You get on campus. You started in the fall, right? You you were there early on. COVID yeah. protocols, their regulations, Big Ten schools in particular weren't allowed to compete in the fall and just practice rules. How difficult was that for you? Because I'm sure it's hard for any freshman to find their rhythm. But, did, you know, again, how did that make it that much more tougher? What were you going through those first few months? Um, I think it was definitely a, a challenge I wasn't expecting. I expected to go in and sort of have like a normal college life. But it definitely wasn't close to that. We were there, – there were a lot of things that we had to do. We were testing like three, four times a week. Uh we were having to deal with like trying to figure out if we could take get like a vaccine and if, if we're going to have a season and then practices and everything if we were going to be able to practice because at, at the beginning they were saying that they weren't even going to let us practice which was which was really tough on the team and it was just a lot of confusion we didn't really know exactly what was going to happen mm-hmm. in that moment how important is it to have you know, senior leaders, a guy like, you know, Zeke Clark, a guy like Luke and all of those guys at the top, just keeping everyone steady. I think it, it was great. We had Zeke and Luke and Noe, who I think are three just great leaders. And then Kova was there like off and on a little bit, but he was, he was also a big component. He was there like help, helping anyone who needed uh, like advice or just like helping sort of lead the team. But Zeke and Vuk, I'd say, were were big factors. They, like, sort of took a leadership role and helped everyone, like, just stay focused. Yeah, Vuk did more coaching than Brad this year. Like, <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, I was there. I saw it. Uh, but, yeah. you know, obviously, so then you get through the fall, and you guys weren't able to compete. Now, you know, again, I was at every home match you played this season. That mm-hmm. means I was there at the beginning when there were some struggles for you. And in particular, you know, uh the Ludwig match, he he knocks you off against USC, but you guys win that match. And, you know, I, I do want to talk about it from the team perspective, but eventually, but first individually for you, I think it was you lost four of your seven, uh, first seven, you then go 11 and one down the last 12. Mm-hmm. What was the transition for you? What were those early struggles about in the season? Um, I think those early struggles, uh, it was mainly, I think, just a lack of, of like knowing what exactly a college match was going to be about. It was very, it was very quick. I wasn't really expecting that. Um, I didn't really have sort of like the focus or the discipline that you need to be on a college tennis court. And after those first like seven matches, uh, I got pulled from the lineup for like three, four matches, I think. And then it was that time where Zeke stepped in and 
he started helping me, started training with me, doing a little extra fitness every day and doing everyday work. And that was probably the biggest factor that helped me turn my season around. Mm -hmm. And I said this at the top, hand in a glove, you fit in in college tennis. You could tell right away the energy you were attracted to it. And, you know, again, even that first Wisconsin match where you're playing six and you go three sets, but you ultimately win that match, were you – too excited is just a stupid way of putting it, but it almost feels like you were too energetic that you let out so much in those first 25 that come minute 50 of the match. It's just like, wh- I'm still on court. What's happening right now? Yeah. Is that the you know, is that what you're referring to? Just again, figuring out how to pace yourself properly? I think, yeah, that, that was a big part of it as well. Like uh, Zeke again helped with that. And then just experience, honestly, every, every day just getting experience playing more matches in a college setting that was probably one of the bigger things as well Mm -hmm. and look you're playing you know again number five singles for the majority of the year you start rocking and rolling I do want to talk about from a team perspective Mm -hmm. you beat Wisconsin three days before whatever it was but going into that national indoor the team had struggled in 2020 now they had brought Mm -hmm. back everyone and COVID had a good off season you know everyone knows a b zeke what they're able to do i want to ask you about seeps jump this season in a second but you guys take the doubles point you beat usc number one team defending national indoor champions at home what is talk me through that win what does that do for your team what is the locker room like afterwards what do you even remember from the match um yeah, that was that, that was an amazing match, an amazing way to go into like a college yeah, career. Crazy, <laughs> it, was, it was an amazing way to start. Um, we were we were very confident as a whole team, and Brad and Coast too. I think we, we were just we were sort of almost I don't want to say overconfident, but we were very confident going in. Like we knew what we could do as a team, and we knew how good we were. But I, for me personally, I never would have expected to come out and beat USC like that. Uh, me personally, I lost both my doubles and my singles during, in that match. So on my end, it was a little rough, but for, for the entire team, it was it was great. We celebrated, we like jumped around and got, got hype. It, it, was, it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, again, talking to, and 7-6 doubles set goes to Kawaisi and Seeps to clinch mm-hmm. that doubles point. I remember yeah. looking at your sideline and just being like, oh, my God, these guys believe. Like, they've got it. And then you go into the Baylor match, and talking to Kawaisi, he said you guys, you used the word there, you were overconfident, that after beating USC, you guys were kind of like, you know what, we're the best team in the country. Like, you know what, Baylor's got to come beat us. We're going to be all right. And that, it, you know, that loss kind of humbled you guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, is that was that a fair assessment from him that you did come in a little too hot? I think that's 100% correct. We uh, after beating USC, I think we were just like looking forward like the finals, and uh, it was just definitely a real wake up call playing Baylor and getting beat like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, that team goes on to make the NCAA final. Uh, you guys then that next day, Kova heads off to go play uh, the challenger, and so you're without him. You guys then beat a Virginia team that was very young, but turns out to be very good, obviously, in the season. You do it without Coven. It felt like that one for you in particular. You beat Ryan Getz at number four singles. You step up. That felt like a moment. What goes on in that match? What are your What were your takeaways? Um, that that was definitely a big one. Uh, we were after the wake up call from Baylor the next day. We were waking up. We were just like, we hey, we gotta lock it in. Just 
do the same thing that we did against USC, come in focused, come in confident, but not too much. And uh, we did that. We lost the doubles point there, and Coast and Brad uh, had a talk with us after that. And, I heard some uh, clipboards were destroyed. <laughs> there, there, there were a couple clipboards, maybe some whiteboards destroyed. Really, really woke the team up, and uh, but obviously it worked. I mean, we came back from I think three one down. I won, Seeps won, and then Zeke the clincher won. So uh, it was that that one was for for me that one was more special than USC because I, I was able to contribute and help the team in a win like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you look through the regular season again. Ohio State comes to town. They were very, very upset to have not been at the National Indoors. You could see mm-hmm. it in their performance. They take it to yeah. you guys at home. They chop you. From there, you run through the rest of the regular season undefeated. You beat Michigan twice for you. It's a loss to BD, followed by a, I believe, win, or I think you were in the third with BD yeah. at the time of mm-hmm. clinch uh, in the semifinals. Let's just fast forward to that Ohio State part two. What's the mindset going into that match? How do you manage to turn your match around? You get bageled in the first set, 06-6375. You know, Kawaisi gets kicked out. What happens on court number five there, Hunter? Um, it, it, was an, it was just a crazy match. It was, going into that match, I was incredibly nervous. Uh, I was up until like, two to three a.m. I wasn't able to sleep. I, I, it's a funny story. I was texting Nick Meiser. I was like, Hey, (laughs) I can't sleep. I'm so nervous. And, uh, he was, he was just like trying to help me calm down, but going into the match, uh, the doubles match, at least Kova was great. He basically carried me through that one, helped me sort of calm the nerves a little bit. And then going into the singles, I had lost to JJ in the previous match, one and two, he, or something along that line. Yeah, no, you got it, one and two. Yeah. <clears throat> and then uh, as I started going down, I was <clears throat> double faulting, making so many errors, and it just wasn't going well. And then <clears throat> when after I lost that first set 6-0, I took, took the five-minute bathroom break and just sort of, like, sat in the bathroom and was like, hey, like, we, we got to wake up here. Like it's, it's the big 10 final <clears throat> came back out. I think it was around that time where Q got kicked out and had to come to my court, which ended up actually being very, very helpful. It, he was just screaming and in their face and it, it helped definitely helped me uh, turn that match around. Do you hear the people <clears throat> in the background are going Hunter just the entire time throughout the match? What does that do for you during a match? I, I I, I love it when the energy from the the, the crowd and my teammates, it, when, when I hear them like chanting, that really gets me fired up and helps me like stay focused and motivated in the match. Mm-hmm. How, does it put more pressure on you or does it help motivate you more that, you know, throughout the course of that season, and obviously your performance steps up as well, as mentioned from Purdue on, you lose once the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, does it help when Kova's undefeated, Zeke's undefeated, seeps is lost once like yeah. again does that put pressure on you or does that motivate you or a little both um i think a little of both uh having guys like that who are just playing so well kova seeps zeke and then <clears throat> i think when when noe came in uh towards the middle of the season he dropped i think maybe one or two matches mm-hmm. for the rest for like his 2021 season which was amazing as well so just having that type of uh the that type of level being played really helps helps you elevate your own game and say like hey I'll step let me step it up too
if you had the choice to have your match against JJ be the clinch or still have it be Zeke as the clinch moving forward, it just felt like that was the moment Zeke's Clark, his college career needed and that it deserved. And just as his teammate, you've talked about how much he means to you, but what does that, what did that moment mean? Talk me through the celebration. Yeah, I definitely think Zeke deserved that one. He did so much and battled through that one, but the celebration was amazing. Uh, we we had a fired some shots at Ohio State, but uh, it was it was just an amazing experience. Uh, obviously, it was such a battle of a match. They're such a good team, which is why we were so hyped and just celebrating with everyone. The celebration was was so long like we, we were all so happy and it even continued when we went to the bus and on the ride home so that just that type of experience i feel like you don't get very many times in a college career so it was, it was amazing you know was there ever i heard there was an emergency team meeting once that it was like an intervention and everyone was like zeke you don't have to play three hours like you can keep it to 215 <laughs> <laughs> that's the you know it doesn't always have to be three hours but that's happened a couple of times yeah exactly i remember I'm trying to think what match it was. Maybe Nebraska, where he won. He was first one off the court, and he goes, "That's the first time in my career that's happened." He was like, "It was, it was yeah, crazy." We were all not expecting that one. That, yeah, that was, it was upset of the season. But for you guys, obviously, year ends. You guys draw Florida. You're the 16 seed, and we don't have to relitigate that. But you end up playing the match. You know, they beat you. And what was a far closer match than the scoreline revealed? And, yeah. you know, you're in a third set with Ben Shelton, who has won a 25K this summer, made the finals mm-hmm. of Kalamazoo. <clears throat> what does that – you know, you guys got to play Baylor, finalist, Florida, champions that season. How close is Illinois men's tennis to being on that level? Or do you think right now you guys are ready to compete and beat those programs? I think right now we're ready to compete and beat them going forward. In those matches – uh is the florida one in particular it was particular it was so close i mean uh zeke i don't feel like played his played a match yet he was proud of and it it happens like obviously you can't play your best every time i i was in a tight third set uh i think seeps was up a break in the second and then i think kova was i don't remember what his score was but it, it was all so close so that match could have gone gotten really tight and moving forward i think uh, if just we get like a few of those like lucky breaks and anything, I think we definitely have a shot at beating the teams like that. Yeah, no, that seeps Riffis first set, which Riffis took seven six. That was some of the best tennis I saw in oh, all yeah. of Orlando. And no, I mean again, you guys, this this gets us to twenty twenty two. You know, moving into this season, yes, you lose Kova, yes, you lose Zeke, yes, you lose No Way, but. You do bring back a strong nucleus yourself. Obviously, AB comes back for another season. It's not everyone that can just have an All-American sitting on the roster like that. Yeah. I know Kwaisi, you know, hoping to get healthy. Horve Meister as well. Before we get into the new guys, how are you feeling about this core? You know, what did last year do for you guys? What did you learn from last season that you've taken into the offseason here this year? Um, I feel I feel great about it. Obviously, we lose some great players and great leaders and what were our fifth years but uh, going going into this next season with the way seeps has been playing ab's ab's been playing very well in the offseason um and then me and then horvey meister all, all those guys i think we're we're really focused we're really driven we don't like how last season ended against florida and we just we're more motivated than ever to just get back into it 
How good is Seeps? I mean, Seeps does some things with the tennis ball that I've just, I, I don't even know how it happens. <laughs> he's just on another level. Yeah, how good does he think he is? Um, he's, he's very confident, which I think it helps his game, being yeah. that confident. No doubt about that. I just feel like the level in practice last year must have been exceptional. I mean, you have your options. It's like, all right, I want shot making. I'm going to go play with Kova. All yeah. right, I, I want no rhythm at all. I want this next hour and a half to be choppy as hell. I'm going to go play AB because that's the sort of match you need to play. And like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go sweat until I cramp. I'm going to go practice with Zeke. How do you replicate that level with those guys leaving in practice? And I suppose this is where the new guys come in. How have they acclimated themselves to the team thus far? Um, it was definitely great last year practicing. We, we, I know Zeke and I had a couple of battles and just watching the amount of like versatility we have as a team and what situations we could give ourselves and put ourselves in. It was amazing. <clears throat> but uh, th- these new guys, uh, Olivier, he's, great player amazing and gabe as well he's they're they're both great to practice against because they both are just as motivated as we are and they, they bring a lot and they're, they're just new sort of new like styles and new players to play against which is great for our team mm-hmm. i feel like coast if you threw him into the lineup right <laughs> now he could play three dubs oh yeah oh yeah coast yeah. Is- yeah. Um, the guy just <laughs> cranks serves from yeah. like three quarters position, service line, baseline, you name it, he cranks. But mm-hmm. um, no, again, when you look at your team this season, you're going to get the chance to play a more full schedule, get the chance to do some traveling as well. As you guys look towards you know starting competition this fall, getting into the spring events, you know what are the benchmarks you guys are setting? What are you guys trying to accomplish this season in Champaign? Um, we're just trying to, I'd say be the best team that we can be. I don't know if there's anything specific that we're looking at. Obviously we want, we want to win. We all want to win, but I just think we're looking to just sort of help obviously the new guys and just come together as a team and really be successful. For sure. Well then with all of that in mind, some fun for you down the home stretch, some rapid fire questions about your coaches, about uh, your fellow teammates as well, just to have some fun. If you want to throw in last year's teammates into this equation too, I have no problem with that. But with that in mind, again, to wrap up our conversation, our newest project elite crack rackets athlete, Hunter Heck, let's start with the teammates, your favorite teammate to practice with. Um, Zeke Clark. Yeah, just the grind? Yeah. yeah, just the grind. I love it. Oh, I like that. All right, your least favorite teammate to practice with? <clears throat> Probably <clears throat> Q, I'd have to say. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, no, it's, I was gonna say true or false, Alex Brown hasn't won a practice set since 2018. True, 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's AB. Um <laughs> All right, the teammate most likely, and this is not saying it's nefarious, but look, it's practice, it's competitive. Teammate most likely to hook you in practice. Oh, oh, I don't know if I want to call anyone out here. Okay, but uh, is there someone in mind? Do you have someone who pops? Throw out an old teammate. Make it one of the seniors. They can't okay. get mad at uh, you. It was honestly probably my first answer. I'd, I'd say Zeke. Yeah. Just because he wants to win so bad. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. We can throw him yeah. under the bus now. What's he going to do to us? Um, no, I like that answer. All right. Best to get dinner with? Um, Nick Meister or Lucas Torby, I'd say. They're just great, fun guys, great conversation. Least likely to pick up the check? AB. 
What's a fair answer? All right, best yeah. to go out with? Uh I'd say I'd say Lucas Corbin. Yeah. Messiest locker. Uh without a doubt from last year, Zeke Clark. This year, probably Seeps. <laughs> I like it. I like it. We'll yeah. leave it there. All right. Uh, I mean again. I, I, partially, I want to ask when the shoulder goes around you in a match. Brad Dancer's coming up to you. Says Hunter, "Is that positive or negative? When the shoulders around you, is that a good thing, or are you like, uh oh?" Um, it can be a mix. Yeah. It can be either positive or negative. But I know it doesn't matter which one it is because he's just trying to help me win. He's, he's, he's trying to help me, and I need. I, I've been doing better on understanding that instead of just saying like or like rushing him aside and not wanting to hear what he says if it's negative. I've, been doing a little better just knowing that he wants me to win and he's trying to help true or false he weighed in on the scale at 145 pounds yesterday um that seems like it could be true i don't know he's, <laughs> like, he's tall that's yeah, the thing yeah, yeah so he's got, i don't know about that meanwhile coast was a solid 276 yesterday oh, yeah. pure beef oh, yeah. and that's the last one i i'm a little afraid of him in all the right ways <laughs> but, like, but no the, he's the nicest guy in the world that's yeah. the thing oh, yeah. gentle giant Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. No, and I feel like the contrast of Brad and Coach has to be super fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they work really well together, the contrasting coaching styles and personalities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, then, again, with all of that said, uh, Hunter, we are super, super excited to have you as part of our Crack Rackets Project Elite moving forward. Again, it was it was really, really enjoyable to get to watch your freshman season scary 2015 was your boys 12's easter bowl title but nevertheless i'm excited to see uh these next three years unfold so again welcome to the squad we are so happy to have you and uh, we look forward to chatting with you throughout the season obviously good luck to you thank you so much yeah and i don't mind saying this we've been doing with the ohio state athletes i won't say the first two letters there because i am a michigan man at heart but i have no problem saying ill to you my friend (laughs) i and i (laughs) yeah of course take it easy hunter yep When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Illinois' Hunter Heck. We look forward to having Hunter as part of our Cracked Rackets team moving forward. I thank you to him for taking the time to chat. This will be the first of a couple of times we are sure to have him on the podcast over the next year. I mentioned it at the top. If you missed any of our conversations with our other Cracked Rackets athletes, Ohio State's Cannon Kingsley, Isabel Boulay, fellow Illinois men's tennis player, Kawaisi Kenyatta, you can find them all both on the Cracked Interviews podcast podcast feed or at Project Elite's specific website, project-elite.com. Again, if you are interested in joining the program as a player, becoming a booster for the program, feel free to contact us through that website as well. Uh, Again, a lot uh, of excitement surrounding Project Elite moving forward. We are super excited for the reception we've received thus far, super excited for our plans for it moving into the future as well. So again, project-elite.com to learn more 
Of course, if you're looking for U.S. Open content right now, and why wouldn't you be? It's the year's final Grand Slam. We are covering it day in, day out. Recaps on the mini break, predictions on the Great Shot podcast, all of that content available on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to this show the GSP and the mini break. I wouldn't ask if it didn't help us with the sponsors, didn't help us with the algorithms. If you left the reviews, if you don't mind, would be sincerely appreciated. Of course, always appreciated are the efforts made by our super producers, Max Fliegner and Daniel Westhoff, who as always have a of an editing job to do a shout out as always to our friends at tennis point, tennis point.com. The promo code is CR 15 with all that said for my fantastic guests, Hunter Heck, our super producers, Fliegner and Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Priceline.